Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to ReCW, your uh, trip through the land of extreme from episode one all the way to 401 of ECW Hardcore TV, with all the specials and pay-per-views in between. And a special is where we find ourselves today. Um, I am Jay. I am your party host for the next few minutes as we chat through uh, the remainder of Hostile City Showdown 1996. And then I take you through, at some pace, even if I do say so myself, episode 157, 158 and 159 of uh, ECW um, Hardcore TV. Um, I am uh, flying solo again this week, as you can tell. Um, it's uh, really uh, hard to um, get a grip as to how the, uh, the, the, the team of Griff and Paul are doing uh, in the battle against Tommy Dreamer. Uh, we wish them well. Um, they've lasted longer than... Uh, the new heavenly bodies, so that's a promising sign. Uh, but we will find out. We, I'm sure, we will get an update from um, the, the 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 podcast brothers. I think is the name they're going with. Uh, but I'm sure we will hear them back fairly soon. Um, now um, we will jump straight back in to Hostile City Showdown 1996, um, uh, and we have. Uh, the main event anywhere in the country of Brian Lee, primetime himself, versus Tommy Dreamer. Um, it starts with something that I moaned about quite a lot last week, the tour of the arena match. The fight that goes uh, out of the ring, across the barricade, into the crowd, grabbing weapons along the way, fighting into the crowd, fighting round, fighting up to the uh, lower stage, onto the lower stage. One lays prone on the lower stage while the other climbs up on the eagle's nest and jumps off and hits them with something before throwing them onto the stack of tables right by the lower stage, down onto the floor of the arena, across and through and back into the ring. Just overdone on this show. Just overdone. I know I talked about it last week. I know I said about it, but but seriously, just, I mean, if you're going to do that, go the different way. Go a different angle on it. Do something different. And I know that I, I will talk a little bit about someone who does something like that, slightly different. But, um, yeah, just just really... Um, it's It's what you'd expect from these two. Um, you know, the innovator of violence and primetime, the, the big guy... Uh, beating each other up and beating each other down. Um, the uh, ref falls down uh, and in comes the Bruise Brothers. Really important to recognise that the ref has to be down for the Bruise Brothers to come in. Uh, they do the spot where they put the um, steel chairs on each side of his head and uh, boots into it, which which looks really mean and really gnarly. Um, but uh, Dreamer manages to kick out. Um, uh, so he is fighting the Triangle of Terror, as they have been called. The end comes with um, something a little bit weird. Um, so uh, Brian Lee basically puts a cinder block between Tommy Dreamer's legs and then smashes it, uh, basically hitting a cinder block into the um, uh, meat and two veg of Mr. Tommy Dreamer. Um, and that's enough for 
Brian Lee to pick up the pin. As you would expect, he's just had a brick into the bollocks. It's enough to make anyone stay down for a three count, I think. I think it'll be a while before we see Tommy Dreamer again, and I definitely think it'll be a while before um, anything in that general vicinity is of any use to him or anyone else. Um, I would not expect anything uh, in that general vicinity to, to come into the show, at least this show, if not for weeks after having a cinder block smashed into your your bathing suit region. Um, but yes, there we go. Brian Lee with the win. Um, and off we go. Next up, we have um, RVD versus Sabu. And this match is hyped throughout the show. And I've got to say, I've not been the biggest Sabu fan of recent. If you've been listening to us, dear beautiful listener, you will have heard me say about Sabu's matches feeling a little bit formulaic, not quite hitting where I want them to hit. It all feels a little bit weirdly positioned since he came back. <coughs> I apologise. Um, just, uh, yeah, not really quite working for me. Um I've changed my mind on this one. This one was brilliant. This one was a match that was really, really, really good. It just, um, they, you know, it's not a surprise that Rob Van Dam and Sabu can work well together. It's not a surprise that uh, they, um, you know, can, can really just raise each other's games so drastically and bring something so brilliant out of each other. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's you know, a, a really, really good match. Um, Rob Van Dam coming into this with a broken wrist. Sabu, um, sort of broken ribs, but they kind of suggest that he's basically just broken, um, which is incredibly believable. Um, uh, Rob Van Dam does a lot of uh, changing pace and changing levels. Uh, so kicks high, kicks low, uh, flurries, and then kind of the bigger, slower kicks. Um some really good spots, some really good uh, exchanges throughout. Um, uh, just a really uh, well-paced match. Uh, tables are involved, as you would imagine. Chairs involved, as you would imagine. Um, uh, but but really do tell a, a good story. It really is a, a... I can't put it over enough. It's a really great match. Um, and uh, it finishes with Sabu hitting the triple jump moonsault for the win. Um it's uh, billed by Joey Styles as one of the greatest matches that's happened in the ECW arena. Um, and I think he's probably right at that point. It's just such a good pace throughout. It's got such good um, chemistry throughout that uh, it's just a match that makes my heart smile. Um, so if you are seeing nothing else of this, go out of your way to find... Rob Van Dam versus Sabu. Spoilers, um, if you don't want to watch the special, it's on about 27 different episodes of ECW Hardcore TV coming up, and we'll talk about that in a minute. Next up, we have the main event of the evening. Um, we have Raven defending his heavyweight championship against the former champion, the first extreme championship wrestling champion, 
threw down the Eastern title, threw down the NWA championship and declared the Eastern championship the Extreme Championship Wrestling Championship. Uh, that's a lot of championships in one sentence. Um, we are informed through a sign uh, that it has been 371 days since Shane Douglas has been champ, um, which feels really long. It doesn't feel that long ago that we were talking about him being uh, a champ and how disappointed we were that him was the champ because none of it seemed to kind of go anywhere or matter. Um, Shane Douglas comes out with uh, Kimona Wanalea, who has left Raven after uh, him hitting her uh, at... Uh, massacre on Queens Boulevard. Um, she has sworn that she will destroy uh, Raven uh, with a secret that she has. So she is now with the franchise and is dressed in the franchise's trademark gold colour. Um, you know, franchise looks good with a a a, uh, a woman valet. I, I think this is something they should invest in and really do something with maybe not kimona but uh you know i think i think there's there's scope here for this to be a really good partnership if you can find the right person um shane douglas comes out to uh the ripoff of perfect stranger it's not bad as the overdubs go um it's one of the better ones um and i i yeah it's, it's not bad at all i i i, I would go as far as to say i quite liked it um so uh that's uh they take forever to get in the ring and then um shane douglas starts by explaining uh that history is going to repeat itself um that raven has something that belongs to him um but he's got something that will rip raven's world Parts, um, and it's that um, Beulah, uh, whilst with Raven and cheating with Raven on Tommy, was also cheating on Raven and Tommy with a third person. I know, I'm shocked too. I I can hear your disbelief in this, but. Apparently it's true. Apparently this is what's happened. Um, Raven throughout this is on his knees, crawling towards Kimona Wanalea. Um, pain in his eyes. You can see that he's thinking that I'll never love again. Uh, he's probably right. Um, but it doesn't stop there. The revelations do not stop. They keep coming. It turns out that in all of those nights in the car, whilst they were both driving to uh, show to show... Tommy Dreamer and, and Shane Douglas would talk whilst drinking beers. I don't know if you're meant to admit that while you're talking about driving between shows, but anyway, uh, knocking back cold ones. Tommy Dreamer would be in tears asking why Bueller wouldn't allow him to see the pregnancy test. Uh, I mean, it's a random thing just dropped in. Um, you know, there's not been any build for this. It's just a random kind of like, you know, we've we've not been given any expectation that, that Tommy is doubting the validity of, of Bueller's pregnancy. It's just something that's been announced to us here uh, by Shane Douglas. But it turns out it's with good reason, because she isn't pregnant. It's all been a lie. Um, 
So Raven, run, uh, Dreamer runs out, demands to know who it is that Beulah has been cheating with. And Kimona grabs the mic and in a very iconic line declares, It's me! Everyone looks shocked. Um, everyone's confused all the way through. And uh, Beulah walks out in a baggy ECW t-shirt that she then takes off um, to reveal not baggy clothes. Um, and then Snog's kimono. Um, Tommy Dreamer grabs them both by the hair, pulls them both up and uh, gives them both a kiss and then kisses them both at the same time and explains how he's going to take them both because he's hardcore. And then he goes off with both of the women uh, to what we are led to believe is a menage a trois, um, a threesome of um, uh, carnal desire and sexual exploits uh, like no one has ever seen before. All of this with a guy that had his dick broken about a match and a half ago by having a cinder block smashed into it, um, which was how he picked up the win. So it's the worst night in the world to find out that um, your girlfriend's got a girlfriend um, because... It just must be a painful experience for him, both physically and emotionally. Uh, poor, poor Tommy Dreamer. And I'm sure we've seen the last of him. Anyway, after this hugely soap opera style stuff, um, I always used to explain, people say, why do you like wrestling? I said, it's, it's soap opera with more violence. Um, and this storyline kind of just shows that point for me really, really well. Um, you know, it's some of the, the most iconic ECW stuff. Um and it's it's straight out of pure pulp soap opera stuff. Um, and I eat it up with a spoon because that's my brand of crazy, obviously. Uh, anyway, so off we are. We're into the, 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 the match. Raven um, is wearing mismatched boots, which we then get to find out later on is his orthopedic boot as he continues to suffer from the gout. Um, interesting that it starts off as a wrestling match. Um, it starts off with Shane Douglas wrestling Raven and out-wrestling Raven. Raven continues to uh, fall out into the, out of the ring and have to try and regroup. Um, Joey Style goes to great length to explain how Raven, the master psychologist, has been put off his game by finding out that the girlfriend who was cheating on him was actually cheating on him twice rather than just once and was cheating on him with his next girlfriend whilst cheating on him so that means that Raven and Kimona must have known each other when Beulah was with Raven so was Raven cheating on Beulah with Kimona anyway um, it's it's mucking with his head and who can blame him um, they then fight into the crowd now whereas usually what we've seen throughout this continually is that they fight into the crowd round onto the stage up onto the lower stage fighting on the lower stage someone jumps off the eagle's nest onto the person on the lower stage then thrown off onto the stack of tables by the lower stage falling onto the arena floor before being picked up taken back into the ring over the round over the, the guardrail back into the ring to continue to fight this one's slightly different uh this one goes outside into the parking lot or so we are told because we don't follow the cameras don't go with them. We're not interested in actually seeing that. We have the same view as all of those poor people who have uh, 
paid their money and watched the uh, and uh, went to see a wrestling match in the sense that they can't see shit and nor can we. So apparently they're banging each other's heads off of cars and destroying various things in the car park outside and onto the road and blah, 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 blah. We'll just have to take Joey Styles' word for it because we don't know. We weren't there. We haven't seen any of it. But then they reappear. Um, Raven's a little bit bloodied, um, but they fight their way back in. Um, In between all of the ECW fans who have taken this opportunity, it's the first show I've really noticed it, who have taken this opportunity to jump in front of the camera and pose and get themselves over uh, whilst the match is going on. So they fight back into the ring, and uh, whilst there, they... um, continue exchange uh douglas um hits his belly to belly um and as he goes for the pin uh but dreamer runs in to make the save from prime time brian lee who uh had managed to get in without the referee or uh shane douglas even noticing so the fact that the referee has been distracted by dreamer running in means that he didn't count the pin, which means Shane Douglas then gets cross with Tommy Dreamer, and they go at it. Um, the locker room empties because it's been oh minutes before we've seen the, since we've seen the locker room empty to separate people. Uh, so the locker room empties to break everyone up, um, and uh, in doing so, we just see out of the corner of our eyes uh, one of the Blue Bruce brothers, Bruce brother number two, I believe, in this occasion. Um, it doesn't matter. Uh, slide under the ring um, and hide there. Um, now, it's important to remember at this point we were told that that this because this is one fall to a finish, it can't end in DQ. So the fact that Dreamer and Shane Douglas have fought and beaten up each other um, doesn't matter because... It can't finish in a DQ, so that's fine. Uh, Why Dreamer is fighting Shane Douglas, who is trying to get the belt off of his mortal enemy, I don't know. But it makes sense to Dreamer, and that's the important thing, isn't it? Um, Shane Douglas, back with Raven, starts putting the figure four on Raven, trying to work on that ankle and that uh, bad leg. Um... The Blue Meanie, Stevie distracts the referee and the Blue Meanie runs in and tries to do a mini salt. Obviously needs the referee distracted to do that because, yeah, no, I don't know, because apparently you can't finish in in a DQ anyway. Um, Then Stevie runs in and hits a Stevie kick uh, while the referee's not looking because apparently the referee not looking is important in that as well. Um, And uh, the Bruise brother runs in... um, whilst Stevie's distracting the referee. Um, Shane Douglas manages to fight off the Bruce brother, but Raven loads up his boot that uh, Shane Douglas had removed, his special orthopedic protective boot, um, and uh, smashes him in the head and pins the franchise, Um, which, again, you know, is the only way this match can end. So why we needed the ref bumps and the ref distractions whilst everyone ran in. Why they didn't all just run in and beat him up at the beginning, I don't know. But uh, not a bad match. Um, You know, one of the better ones, uh, the ones we've seen up until now, it's fair to say, haven't had um, 
a lot of chemistry between them. They've not really clicked. They've not really worked. This one's been far better. Um, this was uh, a good uh, batch all the way through. It's it's another one of those that Griff would complain about because it's um, everyone gets involved and Raven squeaks the victory. Um, P.S. He's a heel. That's meant to be how it works, but there we go. Um, but it's uh, it is it's 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 an interesting um, uh, match and not a bad one. Uh, Shane Douglas is then heartbroken. He's heartbroken. Um, it's the saddest story we've seen since P.S. I love you. Um, because uh, he's not got his heavyweight championship back. It's the only thing that he cares about. It's the only belt he's interested in. It's his one and only. Um, he is all about the heavyweight championship, and it's still not within his grasp. For reasons that escape me, this then brings out Too Cold Scorpio, who says that he understands that he's all about the heavyweight championship, but he, Scorpio, is all about the world TV championship with a lineage that includes Eddie Guerrero and Dean Malenko. So, two. Um, and how the TV championship means everything to him, even more than the heavyweight championship would. P.S. He's never won it, so how do you know? Um... And if you ever want a championship match against this, then you'd have to come through me because I'm not giving this up. Shane Douglas reminds him that actually he doesn't want his TV championship. He wants the World Heavyweight Championship. It's the only one he wants. He's not interested in the TV championship. Um, and then blindsides him. Uh, beats him down. Whips him with the TV championship belt. Outruns Sandman to try and make the save. Uh, Shane Douglas does the smartest thing I've seen anyone do with the Sandman cut running into the ring. Sandman slides into the ring, and as he does, Shane Douglas stands on the Singapore cane so the Sandman can't pick it up and, and whack him, and as such, hits him with, in the head with the belt before taking the Singapore cane and uh, hitting shots on both um, uh, Scorpio and Sandman. Sandman tries to fall and protect his bromance, laying over the beaten body of uh, Scorpio and absorbing some shots, um, but it's not enough. And Sandman uh, and Scorpio lay uh, beaten on the mat as Shane Douglas grabs the mic and says about giving Scorpio his precious belt back and leaving it on him. And so ends... Hostile City Showdown. Um, overall, not a bad show, uh, i got to say. Um, I, I, my my two big complaints throughout, and uh, beautiful listener, you would have picked these up. Um, my two big complaints throughout were the locker room empties to pull these people apart three times on one show. Three times on one show. Um and also the loop. Uh, they go out of the ring. They go over the barricade. They walk through the crowd, hitting each other with weapons that the crowd provi provide for them. They get to the lower stage. They stand on the lower stage. They beat up on the lower stage. Someone goes up to the eagle's nest, jumps off on the eagle's nest onto the lower stage. They then throw themselves off the lower stage onto the stack of tables by the lower stage, hit the apron, uh, the arena floor, and then fight their way back into the ring. It was just so formulaic that 
you know, both of those needed some sort of agent backstage to say, yeah, we're already doing that three times tonight. Maybe we need to go somewhere slightly different on this. And it just didn't happen. And um, that, to me, was was disappointing. Um, But there we go. Uh, Apart from that, I do think it was a good show. I do think it's definitely worth checking out. Uh, If you are going to check only one thing out, then um, I think that RVD and Sabu match was... uh, Definitely, definitely the highlights for me. If you're going to check more out, then Taz is always good. Um, and uh, I think the Raven and Shane Douglas was an interesting story, although it was like super stunt all the way through with the the, the Bueller's cheating on everyone and blah, blah, blah stuff. Um, but yes, it was, uh, it, was, it was a good show all the way through, to be honest, uh, overall, to be honest. So I would uh, recommend... That you go back and watch Hostile City Showdown 1996. To give you a quick um, canter through some of the TVs afterwards, as you would expect, as you know, beautiful listener, because we do it often, uh, the next few TVs are um, very, very heavily reliant on what we've just seen. So I'll go through them fairly quickly just to uh, save me doing a show that talks about exactly what I've just talked about. So 157, 158, not much happens. Uh, you see highlights from a lot of the matches we've seen. You see highlights from the kimono reveal. Um, the big thing in 158 is that the gangsters have managed to get to the Eliminators championships and they have graffitied them. So each of the championships now has <coughs> a white X painted on them uh, to represent the gangsters. Um, uh, this pisses the Eliminators off, as you would imagine, um, and the show ends with the gangsters going out, exp- joking and laughing about what they've done, and then get beaten up by the Eliminators who are waiting outside, and the gangsters are laid out and have white X's uh, spray-painted onto their back. Um, with Saturn with a great line, uh, as he lays them out, uh, and he does the spray paint, he says, Tag, you're it which I thought was quite cool. Um, I will admit it probably sounded cooler when he said it than I did. Um, but go back and listen. Make it, it might be that I sound cooler doing it. I don't, I don't it's them. It's them. It is, it is them. Anyway, um, next up is 159. Um, and the important thing here is the setup for uh, the next uh, big set of matches. So... Um, the fight continues between Primetime, Brian Lee, and Tommy Dreamer. So they are going to pick tag teams to fight with. Tommy Dreamer had chosen the Pitbulls as his backup. And Primetime, Brian Lee, who's been brought in as part of the Triangle of Terror with the Bruise Brothers, who has worked with the Bruise Brothers for however many years and however many promotions and will continue to do, goes to the tag team he picks of the Eliminators. Obviously. Um, but the story of the episode is that the Eliminators take out the Pitbulls. They go to where Tommy Dreamer and the Pitbulls are training and they beat up and hospitalise the Eliminators. No word with uh, the Pitbulls. No word whether Francine got away. Uh, she doesn't usually. She usually gets just pancaked somewhere. So, um, yeah, no word there. But the Eliminators eliminate the Pitbulls 
which means Tommy Dreamer needs to find himself new partners. Whoever could he pick? So coming up uh, in the next batches of TVs, we will see at some point Primetime Brian Lee and the Eliminators versus Tommy Dreamer and the Gangsters. And that's the big reveal from episode 159 of the 7th of May. And that brings us to a close. That brings our uh, 2019 to a close. And what a year it's been. Thank you very much for all of your support through 2019. It's been um, incredible to watch uh, the podcast continue to grow. And we have uh, some, some big plans in 2020. So we hope to continue to entertain you. If we are entertaining you, if you like what you are listening to, if you want to hear it grow and if you want to be part of uh, making that happen, then please wherever you are listening to this, rate, review and subscribe. Give us a boost. Give us some numbers. Let more people find us so they can wonder what the fuck you're listening to. Um, get involved in social media. We are active on Instagram and Twitter at underscore sports arena. Um, give us a follow. Give us a tweet. Give us an Insta post. Is that a thing? I think that's a thing. Um, give us a shout. Uh, get involved in the conversation. Have a chat. If it is, well, by the time you're listening to this, it's too late. But do you know what would make a great, I'm sorry, I forgot to get you a Christmas present present? T-shirt from Zazzle.com. Just search Sports Arena. You get to tell someone whether you think they are a llama or an alpaca um, and other great, great, great designs up there. Um, and that's it. Thank you very much, beautiful listener, for listening to me. Um, I have been Jay and this has been Hostile City Showdown 1996. Enjoy the rest of your, 19, uh, of your 2019 um, and we will be back, um, all of us, um, to share uh, 2020 with you and we continue to transfer from Eastern to Extreme 1 to 401, uh, episodes 160 coming up. So we're fucking getting there. Enjoy your Christmas. Good night. I don't want a lot for Christmas. There is just one thing I need. I don't care about the presents underneath the Christmas tree. I just want you for my own. More than you could ever know. Make my wish come true. All I want for Christmas is you. I don't want a lot for Christmas. There is just one thing I need. And I don't care about the presents underneath the Christmas tree. I don't need to hang my stocking there upon the fireplace. Santa Claus will make me happy with a toy on Christmas Day. I just want you for my own. More than you could ever know. Make my wish come true. All I want for Christmas.